Chapter 33 Why aren't the good things of this world made for our common enjoyment? Every lovely thing free for the taking? What is lovelier than water? Yet it flows for us all. Is love therefore exempt from the universal law, a bliss to be stolen and hid, and not our common reward? Petronius Arbiter, the Satyricon, circa 100 CE. The next Friday evening, I catch a bus down to Union Jacks, a strip joint on East Burnside. Zoya stands outside under neon lighting, her skinny Capri 120 dangling between blue-tinted lips. She gives me a hug. Hey, were you waiting long? I ask. No, just a few minutes. Thanks for meeting up with me. It's odd. I can dance at a gothic club full of strangers, but going in here alone spooks me out. I gotta get used to that if I'll ever strip professionally. Anakia said she thinks I could make money. Ugh, just been so burned out doing childcare lately. If anyone's got pointers, it's her. I think that girl's worked every place in the Portland metro area. Well, thanks for introducing us last month. She seems like a lot of fun. Anakia's a real version of fun, that's definitely true. You done with that smoke? Let's go in. A burly bearded man inside the door checks our IDs and we enter. The main room is large, with a center bar and two stages at either end. Red lights reflect off every surface in a soft glow and mid-tempo electronic beats pulse from the DJ booth. Shiny metal poles reach over 12 feet to the ceiling. A small girl with creamy white skin covered in black tribal tattoos wraps muscled thighs partway up one pole and pauses. She leans back slowly, her body a question mark, long hair trailing, then suddenly, wham, performs a flip and lands perfectly on high heels. I elbow Zoya, who nods in approval. The dancer's top is already removed, horizontal barbells piercing her nipples. She jerks at a sleek black thong, lower, lower, then with a final tug, it's gone. Bills fly and applause echoes from the rack. I move forward and point to an empty table. Want to stake this out while I pick up drinks? Yeah, get me a Guinness. Zoya passes me some cash. I order the dark stout, plus an IPA for myself, from a raven-haired bartender whose silver bracelets jingle as she pulls pints. The chamber is still only half full, but more customers file in steadily. I carry our drinks back and set the frosted glasses down. Zoya sips the thick head on hers. So, do you have any experience with the industry? I ask. Just phone sex back in LA. That was pretty easy and paid well. The daycare center I'm at now is okay, but pays shit. I love dancing and the city is packed with clubs. It's just a matter of time before I get enough courage. Just then, Anakia cruises over, long hair extensions cascading in Medusa-like tendrils. A tight gold dress showcases her figure, above fishnets and heels. I'm glad you both showed up, she exclaims. It's been so boring here tonight. It'll be nice having a guest who doesn't keep their nose buried in a book, she winks at me. Zoya, I expect much better etiquette from you. The DJ switches to an upbeat hip-hop track, then dips the volume. Everybody come on up. Next we have the lovely Manasa for your viewing pleasure. Pay attention and check this foxy lady. Music swells once more. Anakia reaches for my beer and steals a quick drink. Fuck, that's me. Gotta go. She disappears and a moment later emerges on stage. Zoya sets down her Guinness and watches, fixated. Patrons move forward, crowding the rack. 
Anakia circles the metal pole, one hand braced against it. Face impassive, she sways her hips slowly to the beat, then peels the gold dress off with one sure motion. Her curls whip as she flings it aside. Clad only in fishnets and red lace panties, Anakia works the stage, perfect breasts suspended above upturned faces and open wallets. Zoya kicks my boot. You can breathe again. Hey, you gotta admit, she's something. True, but it's not really even dancing. Her body is such a force by itself she doesn't have to. We stare together in silence until two songs later, Anakia's set concludes. Zoya looks over at me. Well, I can't say if my mind is made up about joining this industry, but what a show. That girl is spectacular. No doubt. Though, equal parts trouble. Hey, a package like that can't just circulate through life without causing waves. Say, why does she care if you read anyway? I laugh. <laughs> she gets offended if I'm distracted when there's important naked time afoot. Zoya grins mischievously. I've got supplies from work in my bag? Kill some time until Anakia's on again? Sure. Zoya pulls out a large coloring book with fanciful fairy tale illustrations on the cover. She tears out two pages, then extracts a box of crayons from her backpack. The familiar childhood odor mixes with cigarette smoke and antiseptic spray. Hansel and Gretel lost in the woods, I muse. Let's see. Unfortunately, those poor rascals ate psychotropic mushrooms, and now the trees are fuchsia. With thick marks, I fill in the foliage. Zoya nods. Nice. Of course, under this lighting, you can hardly tell. Look, I've got the witch in front of her oven. She needs better shoes. I'll draw some good heels. Not useful for pursuing little ones through the woods, but much more glamorous. As we scribble away, the dark-haired dancer from earlier approaches. She pulls over a chair and sits down. The black thong is back in place around her narrow hips, but nothing else covers her besides swirled patterns of ink. Hey, she comments. That looks like fun. Zoya tears out another page. Here you go. Try Jack and the Beanstalk. See, that giant looks kind of mean, but he actually just wants to be friends. The girl picks through our crayon box and pulls out burnt umber. Small, unrestrained breasts bounce near my elbow with each stroke. You're so right, she enthuses. Jack shouldn't be scared. That giant is just baking him a delicious chocolate cake. Oh, this is great. I haven't colored in years. I'm Melody, by the way. She looks over at Zoya's progress. That's so cool. You know any self-respecting witch wouldn't be caught dead in bad shoes. Another dancer pauses, surveying our table. She studies my page and frowns. Why are those trees all weird? Before anyone can reply, Anakia storms over, hair a swirl. What's going on here? Can't you bitches make your own friends? These are mine. The second girl gives her a sharp glance, sniffs loudly, and moves on. Anakia isn't finished. Melody, she barks. Get your ass on stage or hustle a lap dance. Ross and Zoya, you can't make art projects here. That's so disrespectful. Melody drops her gaze and leaves. Anakia takes the vacated chair, eyes fiery. Zoya pats her arm. Calm down, girl. She wasn't causing trouble. Neither are we. It's just a coloring book. Anakia drums her long fingernails on the table. Look, I'm on a bit of an edge right now. I got kicked out of my room this morning and don't have a place lined up yet. It's got me in a real pissy mood. Anyway, thanks for coming out. I'm gonna hop backstage. Catch up with you two later. She stalks away. Zoya raises a thin, plucked eyebrow. 
You warned me. Trouble. I choke back a snort. <laughs> you haven't seen anything yet. Shame she lost her place. Yeah, that was a motel just up the street from here on Burnside. Can't say it's a shocker. Girl makes enough money, though. She'll find something else soon. We stash the coloring book away and buy another round of beers. When Anakia returns after her next set, she sits down silently, dark eyes lowered. If you need somewhere to stay tonight, there's room at the House of Many Pleasures, Zoya offers, squeezing her hand. Anakia sighs. I don't know. Your apartment is pretty disgusting. True, but mostly on Sal's side. Mine's not as bad. Well, how about I come over and think about it? There's nothing else going on. My shift is done in less than an hour. Zoya and I nurse our third round until Anakia's final set concludes. Once she has changed into casual warm-ups and tipped out bartenders, the DJ, and doorman, all three of us file outside. Above, the dark sky is overcast. Almost midnight. Wind rushes down the street, air moist and chilly. A yellow Broadway cab pulls up before the club. Its driver hoists Anakia's large suitcase into the trunk. See you two later, I call. Anakia turns, dismayed. Don't leave. Come on. Zoya wrinkles her nose at me. I shoulder my satchel. Nah, that's fine. I can still catch a bus home. Anakia stamps her foot. Ross, don't run off. You're sticking with us. She beckons firmly. Zoya tenses her lips and climbs into the taxi. I frown. Well, all right. We slide along the vinyl rear seat. Outside, rain begins falling. Dull, heavy drops that thump on the roof as our cab rolls down Burnside to the Civic. It halts in front, and we pool money together. Outside, the downpour picks up with a frenzy as gutters overflow into rivulets rushing down the sidewalk. Zoya opens her door. Okay, ready? One... Two, three! We burst out into the weather. I accept Anakia's suitcase from the cabbie and lug it along behind. The two girls are well ahead, laughing as their shoes kick up spray. Zoya turns the lock and ushers us inside. The usual aroma pummels us, augmented by heavy, damp air. We hurry down stained hallway carpets and inside her apartment, thoroughly soaked. I wipe my face. Droplets flick across empty Mountain Dew bottles and shag tobacco wrappers. Salazar is nowhere to be seen. We enter Zoya's room and I rest Anakia's suitcase on a pile of magazines. The raised bed is still a giant nest. Sheets, blankets, and a large quilt swirl amidst garments that almost seem knotted together. Zoya strips off her moist hoodie, revealing a snug halter top underneath. She hops aboard the bed and tosses out several large books with illustrations from 1920s pinups. They land in a half-full clothes hamper. Come on up, girl, she invites Anakia. Okay, but your bed is complicated. I'm afraid I'll break something. You'll be fine. Just use my sewing machine box for a little boost. Anakia follows these instructions and mounts the milk crate platform. She looks suddenly weary. God, I don't know why. All my energy's gone. Plus everything is wet. I'm gonna get pneumonia. She wriggles out of her workout gear and shivers in leopard print underwear. Zoya pulls the quilt over her. That's all right. You can crash here. Ross, there's space on the floor in Sal's room. If you move some crap out of the way, I don't recommend the chamber under his bed. It smells kind of moldy. No! Anakia cuts in, voice petulant. Ross should join us. He can be fun. Zoya tosses her head and skewers me with a calculated stare. Well, 
Okay. Hey, Ross, there's a Japan record by the turntable. Cue that and hit the lights, okay? I slip gentlemen take Polaroids out of its sleeve and drop the needle. The LP crackles for a moment, then begins, a delicate blend of synthesizers and guitars. I turn down the volume slightly and flick a switch by the door. We are plunged into darkness. One of the girls mutters softly. I remove my boots and mechanic shirt, then shrug off the braces, suspending my pants. They fall on the floor with a light thud. As my eyes adjust, I step on the sewing machine box, but accidentally crack a toe against something hard. Fuck! Both girls giggle. I rub the injured foot and try again. This time my vault is successful. An arm holds the quilt open for me. I crawl underneath and embrace a honey-scented form. Anakia? I press against her and feel another limb. Zoya? Japan plays on. All three of us lie stock still in blackness. Four songs later, the machine switches off with a click. We pounce on one another instantly. My lips move against Anakia's neck and Zoya's fingers trail across her from the other side. Hands grasp, stroke, clutch, and explore. The temperature rises and moans reverberate beneath undulating fabric. Skin catches against teeth, against hair, against muscle. My heart pounds and blood rushes through every extremity. Abruptly, Anakia's hands relax and fall away. Her breath comes slow and even. Still, a grip around my arm increases its pressure slightly. I run hesitant fingers over tight knuckles. Ross? Zoya? I think we lost Anakia? Yeah, she's out. We lie silently, connected pulses in disjointed rhythm. After a moment, her hand moves lower, fingernails sifting through hair on my forearm. I wait several seconds, then shift over on Akia's comatose body to brace squarely above Zoya. Muscular arms encircle my torso and pull me down where our lips meet in a long kiss. I draw back and chuckle slightly. What's that? she asks. I know I'm not your first choice, but perhaps I can suffice for now, she laughs. You'll do as a consolation prize. We cling together, and the nest envelops our mingled forms. A police car screams past outside the window, but neither of us pays any heed. The night passes by as nocturnal traffic rushes down Burnside under pelting rain. A different shriek of alarm wakes me. Anakia is kneeling above us, her face a furious mask. She yanks the covers away, exposing Zoya and myself, naked and intertwined. How could you? she cries. Zoya draws a blanket back to cover us. Uh, calm down, girl. You weren't asleep. Anakia's lips curl in disgust. She jumps out of bed and searches for clothes amidst the mess. Golden skin, once more covered by warm-ups, she storms from the room, suitcase on rollers banging behind her. Stomping feet echo down the hallway. I sigh. My eyes meet Zoya's. Do you know the time? She points to an alarm clock partially covered by the strap of a brassiere. It reads 6.15 a.m. Talk about a lucky break. I've got work in 45 minutes. Picked up a weekend dishwashing shift at La Patisserie, that breakfast joint in Old Town. Zoya yawns and pulls at me. Come back for a moment. I kiss her cheek, then earlobe and lips. No, really, I gotta run. But you're awesome. I've wanted this for a long time. Her eyes lower. Thanks. You know, I think we should hang out more. 
Absolutely. I'll see you soon. Outside, the morning is clear and brisk. I walk down Burnside, my hoodie zipped up against the early chill. Everything feels hopeful under a newly risen sun.